Welcome to Mentored. Join two professional mentors, Carson Pugh and Martin Sanders, as they provide straight talk and wisdom to fellow leaders. Their approach is no-nonsense, practical, and focused on helping you become a better leader in all aspects of your life. Together, we'll gain valuable insights and actionable advice from these seasoned mentors. So now, here's our episode. Hey, welcome to Mentored. Are you here, Martin? I am. (laughs) We're actually sitting right across the table from one another. We're not in New York and Vancouver and trying to do this remotely. We wanted to be together because we enjoy each other. We're friends. And we just feel that there's a bit more authenticity to looking in the eye of the other person and (laughs) trying to share about really great mentoring themes. And somewhere in Vancouver is kind of a good gig. Yeah, we're recording this the beginning of summer in Vancouver, British Columbia, and not a bad place to live. Although I love your city, too. I do, too. I want to read something that I wrote uh, back in 2005, and then I want to have us discuss one aspect of it. I wrote at that time... Leaders of Christian ministries can actually hide the inclination towards pride quite well. The most obvious manifestation appears among those who hold themselves in too high esteem. Everyone around knows what they're doing, but their presumption is so powerful that it is seldom challenged. Again, largely because they have no one close enough to them to confront their posturing. I want to talk with you about posturing. When we encounter a leader who is doing that. Now, do you understand what I mean by posturing? Like you've Absolutely. Yeah. It's somebody who is taking on a persona that's sort of different from them. I think about it also as like there's there's been lots of movies or television shows about posers in Ireland. They uh, would joke about security guards at malls or stores and the Irish would call them wannabes. They police wannabes. They're posing in something different. But if you're a leader, if you're a spiritual leader and you're posing, if you're posturing, it can cause a lot of damage to the mission and to those that you work with. Why do you think people posture themselves? Part of it is a leftover identity thing that we've addressed and will address more, but we want to project often what we wish we were like Mm. or how we want to be perceived. People are trained to become pastors. They go to seminaries. Mm -hmm. They watch Mm -hmm. other pastors function. And there's a lot of adapting to what they think is supposed to look like the right look and talk. And I've heard of children of ministers who tell me that, you know, the person that I see in the pulpit is not what lives at home with them. Mm Mm-hmm. Too many of those conversations that we've had together as we work with families of leaders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Some Christian leaders may actually fall into the trap of posturing themselves as something different from who they really are when they're in their leadership role. And it could be that there's a dichotomy between what their public persona is and what's going on in their personal self, where they act differently depending on the situation that they're in. Yeah, I think that there can be a dichotomy between their public persona and their private self, where they act differently depending on the situation that they're in. When I encounter a leader who I know is posturing, I really want to know what's going on on the inner self. And how do you go about finding that um, when you're not closely connected? Because you, you remember, we'll pick up on this in just a minute, part of your first descriptor was that they don't have close personal friends right. with which to interact about this. Well, they don't have somebody who's close enough to confront them on what mm-hmm. I think everybody sees. When I'm allowed to get involved with the entire team and I ask about these sorts of things, it's pretty much common knowledge mm-hmm. of what's going on. And we can notice it because you start observing inconsistencies in their behavior and in their language as well as noticing how they interact with others in a bunch of different settings. So this can be um, a clue for me if I'm watching a pastor interact with his team or, or volunteers at the church, and then you see him in a social setting. If they seem like very different people, I long to help bring congruence between mm-hmm. these two different parts of who they are. And of course, both of us have uh, written books on mentoring. And in mine, the the congruence section is one that I I get a lot of feedback on. Mm -hmm. They went, people say, I never quite thought of it in that way. It's helpful, but can you unpack it for me? Yeah. So unpack it a bit for us right now. So that the parts of your life match. I think in my approach, it came from serving 100 younger leaders, at this point all male, because it was showing up very significantly in them. I mean, it was just identifiable that they had what they would call a heart for God. (laughs) I mean, that's that's why they wanted to have conversations. That's what they wanted to talk about. That's why they left behind the things they thought they could have been, could have done, etc. Then there's the public image. Mm-hmm. The, the one you present. And of course, young male ego is v- sometimes polished to a fine shine. <laughs> I mean, he spent a lot of time on this. But then the, the third side was the inner life. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's usually what they came to talk about. It was, why do I have this and this? I'm on my way, and yet there's still this side that I don't know what to do with. And so part of it was the shadows. Some of it was just still leftover darkness, still wrestling with the not best side of their humanity. Mm -hmm. But they weren't sure what to do with it. So that's why we were having the conversation. Well, we've had many examples of 
Christian leaders who are held up high. Mm-hmm. They have the lights are on them. They perform, in a sense, at a high level, and then they come crashing to the ground. And we've had these flame outs. We've had moral failures. We've had all sorts of things. And they're surrounded by people who were around them, and nobody took the initiative to confront the lack of congruence between behaviors and that. And in some cases, in fairness, people people weren't even aware that there was no congruence because they never saw the other side. Of course, in a number of our podcasts, we've talked about those leaders that have sought us out and they want mentoring, coaching, mm-hmm. know that they need to do some reflection. But in this area, I, I think this is why we've both invested decades in setting up structures for younger and emerging leaders yes, mm-hmm. so that they can just have a framework, be with groups of other people where it's just we walk them through this. How do you unpack this? Creating a space for them that is safe, that really promotes vulnerability, mm-hmm. where they can come together with other men and women and we encourage self-reflection and introspection where they look at themselves and they can explore their true selves. And so why we're having this conversation at the level we are, if it does not get resolved, and it's both genders, it comes up inappropriately at a later stage in life. And it's like, why didn't this get settled a long time ago? Yeah, I use the phrase, it leaks out. It does. Often at the most damaging time or the most inopportune time, depending on how you want to look at it. If you do not deal with this, this will eventually leak out from you. What has happened to me on a number of occasions because of the circles that I run in, something has become clear with a leader and I don't wait for somebody to mention it when it's just obvious. (laughs) Like I talk about the soul a lot. And so I make an appointment, go to their office and say, I'm here as your friend. Mm -hmm. It just would appear that something slightly off in your soul. Can we have that conversation that a friend would have? I don't want to wait for you to come to me. It might be too late or you might be embarrassed and not want to do it. Let's have a conversation about your soul. But it's also been really good to see the face when they go, oh, I was was hoping somebody would come along that I could talk to about this. Mm. So we're actually doing somebody a favor, not when it's accusatory, but just to come alongside and say, are you noticing anything? Can we have the talk? I think if a person has been posing or posturing a great deal, It's hard for them to open up. They might even posture to say, oh, I'm so glad somebody came to talk to me about it. Exactly. (laughs) So, so, okay, here's the deal. We're not going to talk if we're not going to go after that. And here's the other piece. You're probably way worse than you know. And so here's the question. Do you actually want to get better or not? If so, come back. If not, don't. don't. Don't come back and pay me. But if you want, Mm -hmm. if you actually want to get better, 
I'm your man. Jesus asked, do you want to be made whole? If, yeah. if you want it, come back. If not, don't. Most of the time they came back and we actually got somewhere in a much shorter amount of time, mm -hmm. which is not useful if you're trying to build a practice. But if, <laughs> but if you're trying to be useful in people's lives in a shorter amount of time, it's incredibly useful. Leaders can pose, I think, for a whole number of reasons in their life. It might include uh, pressure to perform. So they, they posture as though everything's going great, we're going to be fantastic, and our church is going to triple in size by end of December. They're under all this pressure. Another thing that I think leads pastors to posture is a fear of judgment or rejection. They establish this protective persona so that they won't be judged or rejected. There's also a, a deep-seated desire for approval where people want to be recognized. And so they walk in a certain way, they talk in a certain way to kind of draw your attention to the persona that they want you to see. And yet, if you're not posturing, you are authentic and you are delivering, you will get what you're hoping for if you posture. But it's authentic right? instead yes. of only you'll true in the, your own mm -hmm. mind. You'll get the recognition yeah. of it, but you're doing it the right way and on, for all the right reasons. Exactly. I think some people get all caught up in this, and, they, and then once you're into it, it is a bit of a trap because now you've got to maintain that certain image or that reputation that you have. You're stuck there. It's, like, it's a bit of a black hole. If you go near having to begin to posture, you could get sucked in and we'll never see you again. I don't want to say this the way I want to say it, but it won't come across right. Say but let me say, say it. it. I think there's a positive side oh, to posturing. Yeah, you would. Well, of course. <laughs> when, when you're trying to work this out, but you don't know how to do it, mm -hmm. if you pursue this, one of two things usually happens. Either you begin to notice... I feel the inauthentic here. Mm -hmm. I, I, I can get it. And so at that point, they tone it down or seek some sort of help, even professional. On the other side, it gets out of control and it yeah. becomes so obvious they can't hide it anymore. Mm -hmm. That's a positive oh, so thing. So that's a positive thing because it's brought into the light? The light gets placed upon it so yeah. that they can't hide it anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a positive okay. side to All it. All right, then I will submit to that's a positive side of posturing. I've mostly dealt with this with your friends, Carson. <laughs> there we go. How's that? Hey, it's Martin here. I want to tell you a word about my friend Carson. I love this guy. He has a passion for mentoring and leadership development that rises above almost everyone else. As a speaker, he brings leaders to a point of becoming just better in their leadership. 
He's a leader of leaders. He's written books, he mentors with expertise, and it makes him a standout choice for your leadership conference. So if you want your conference to be something that takes people to a whole nother place of inspiration, motivation, and more effective leadership, Book Carson is your keynote. Seize the opportunity to learn from one of the best Christian mentors you'll find. So visit us today at mentoredpodcast.net and inquire about Carson's availability for your upcoming event. Well, you know, posing ultimately hinders our ability to lead with integrity and with authenticity. Um, and we're not talking about fake it till you make it. When you're given a new project to work on and you really don't know what you're doing, I hear a lot of younger leaders go, just fake it till you make it. I'm, I'm talking about something that's deeper than that. I'm talking about somebody who is, they walk out the door and they, if you could visualize it, you'd actually see them putting on the garments of a different persona that would allow them to sort of walk into the office. So we don't paint this as one dimensional. Let's just say up front, this is for both genders mm -hmm. and all ages. Yeah. I've I've been speaking about pastors, but it's not just oh, pastors. No. It can be politicians, it can be parents, it can even be marriages where I've seen a couple come together and they want to project a certain persona, if you like, of their marriage, even though that may not be true at all. Just a recent conversation, a couple introduced themselves to me and projected really well. I mean, we're talking key posturing. It just felt like they talked this through together <laughs> with agreement. They're they talked good. about their four children yeah. And after a little while, I said, can, can I ask a couple of questions? Are those your four children together? And I go, well, no. And it began to unfold. Yeah. It was her two boys, his two kids. Yeah. They hadn't been together very long, but they were presenting. Right. I'm just going, hmm, interesting. I mean, in circles I run, it's better to just be sheer brute honest than project an image that's not even close to real. Right. So they felt like they would be more accepted, perhaps, if they just left it at, we have four children. They like the new narrative uh, better than the actual yeah. one. Yeah. They're happier now, internally, mm -hmm. at least at this stage. And they feel like it's sort of a, a next shot at doing something well but they're projecting better than the perception of how they're doing. Okay. I'm following you now. I was wondering whether it was they like the new narrative, meaning the posturing narrative? The new story they can tell in their mind okay. is way better than the one that both marriages collapsed. Yes. We were friends. We knew each other. We lived down the street. <laughs> now, we're talking serious posturing here. <laughs> And I believe we can, we certainly can teach from our failures and using that as a foundation to come up with. But let's be honest in how we present ourselves. Let's just be straight up about it. 
This is an interesting trait to deal with from a mentoring perspective, to get the recognition from the individual that they're actually posturing, because everyone else around can see it. They then feel that it's totally accepted, so they don't feel like they have to concede that they're in any way projecting somebody different than who they are. But it's behind closed doors when you can have that deep conversation, looking each other in the eye, mirroring back to them their behavior, that they'll finally give in to the fact I am posturing and I don't know how to do it any other way. Since we're coaching mentors, two phrases that I seem to use pretty consistently on this, I say, help me understand. Help me understand why this is the narrative you're putting forth. Mm -hmm. Help me understand what you're hoping to gain from this. Or the other phrase is, are you aware? And that puts it back on them. Yes. And very often the response is, no, I don't even know what you're talking about. I go, I think you're sharper than this. Let's stick with it for just a minute. Just a little bit longer. Yeah. And then it comes, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. but I said, just start talking. It'll unfold. Well, as I listen to you, I've used those same Mm -hmm. questions, but now what's going through my head is we're telling everybody how we use those (laughs) questions. So are we going to be able to use them in the future if they listen to this podcast? Yeah, but the people who are going to listen to this podcast aren't going to be people who posture. They're going to be the authentic. I mean, we're going to get the best of the best. The best of the best. Absolutely. That's what we want to strive in our sharing with you. The best of the best things that we have learned over the years in mentoring other people. And today we've been talking about posturing, but we want to thank you for listening with us. And we hope that you'll come back and join us again for an up. And we hope that you'll come back. And be able to talk right and not stumble over phrases and everything. And it'll end up in the blooper version that we're, that'll come out eventually. That's one of the things I so value about you is those deep insights you have. We would not have known that if you hadn't mentioned it. And listen, if you're posturing out there, just get over it. Like, just stop it. So insightful. (laughs) Okay, see you next episode. Next time. If you want to hear more from us and find other resources on mentoring, head over to our website at www.mentoredpodcast.net where you'll find all our topics as well as a way to subscribe to future episodes. And we'd also appreciate it if on social media, you take a moment to like or comment on our episodes. This helps us create better content and reach more people with our message. I'm Martin Sanders. And I'm Carson Pugh. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.